When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're on here, Matt. We are live. Yeah, there's people got... already in the chat rooms, in, in, in the uh, chat room, yeah, so. I've got to say, of all the 17 or 18 podcasts we've done this season, including pre-season, this is the one I'm least excited about. I mean, <laughs> that was that was dire. Absolutely yeah. dire. Absolutely. All, if all the dyers, Kieran Dyer, Bruce Dyer, and so on, all had a baby. That's what that game would have been. The dire, the most dire of dire situations. And they they uh, would have pooped. They would have pooped that out. <laughs> uh, indeed. Right. Let me send a tweet, uh, and we can start getting cracking. Um, and hopefully, Pete will give it a little retweet as well. So you would have thought he would. Right. That's tweets out. We can do no more, Matt. We can do no more. Um, you know, we've we've put it back out there. If Gunas want to share in the well, just general malaise that seem to be um, you know, rife on the field, then they're welcome to join us because we're gonna have to try and unpick uh, just pick the bones with that one because it was a bit it was it was shit, wasn't it? It was shit. It- it was, as Jeff Krantz said, darkness descends upon me. I feel like that, Jeff, I have to say. The darkness is <laughs> the darkness is descending, but we're going to try and lift it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're ready, Matt, I think we'll fire in. You all right? Let's do it. Cool. Sorry, guys, because this, I'm making sure we don't loop. I will not have it. When Pete's away, I've got to nail the intro. Good evening and welcome to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. And it's, I tell you what, me and Matt, we might look like swans, beautiful, graceful swans, but we're actually doing a lot of donkey work under the water right now because we don't feel like smiling gentlemen, and yet we will give you 100% of our enthusiasm in trying to pick the bones out of that one because that, what we saw on the field, Matt, was drab, wasn't it? It was quite low energy, low key. Um, you know, what's your initial thoughts, basically? Not a hottest take. Don't give me a hot take. Just just initial feelings after the PSV game. Yeah, I think it's the first time I've really been this disappointed this season. Obviously, we've had such a great start. Uh, even the games we have, I mean, Man United, we lost, but I felt there was a performance there. Uh, Southampton, we drew. Uh, but again, there was a performance in, in the first half, I think. There was there was a performance for about three and a half minutes today. I thought we came out in the second half and looked better for about literally two or three minutes when it looked like we were a bit more purposeful and then we got caught out and then it was just calamitous. So, um, yeah, not, not a lot to be positive about. I, I can't think of a single 
person who's come out of that with their reputation enhanced in any way. Um, it was always going to be one of those games where if we got the if we got a draw or more, then the team selection would be vindicated, and if we didn't, the knives would be out in terms of the way we approached it. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't. Uh, so that's just the way it's going to go. Um, and then we'll we'll have to just look forward to to uh, to to Sunday. Um, I think that. The final piece is... Oh, Matt, can I stop you? You are dipping yeah. into maybe a hottest oh, take oh, right only... now. Oh, oh no. you, you, you've you, got, you, give, you... give me something a bit more lukewarm because I need you to go somewhere else in our hottest... I haven't even put the banner up yet, mate. So you, just... put... you can't fly out the... I, I got too excited, mate. I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just say it like, I wanted a lukewarm take and then we're going to turn it up to 100. So as long as you've got somewhere to go, they always I think say... I, I think I've got somewhere to go. Okay, okay, wicked. Well, do you know what? We have kept the audience waiting for long enough because I thought those are some great initial thoughts and you're telling me you've got somewhere to go. So why don't we fire in? We need to get some sound effects, don't we? Like a flamethrower. So... A whoosh. A whoosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For our audio listeners, that was me doing a sound effect, but you can envisage flamethrower. Um, this is going to be red hot, a hottest of takes from the AOP. Matt, what are you saying after that? My hardest of takes is that we're now talking about a mini slump. And I don't want to sound dramatic um, because we're talking about a team that's top of their Europa League group and top of the table. But you have to look back. At, you can't look at this game in isolation. I think we have to go back to Leeds um, and, then, and, then the, and then the Southampton game and this game, even the Bodo Glimp, the PSV. But... We've, we've lost the momentum that we had when you think about that uh, performance that we saw against Liverpool and everything that's sort of come after that. It feels, for whatever reason, whether it's fatigue, whether it's we were playing above ourselves, like we the, the performance levels have dipped and now we've got a make-or-break game. It couldn't be better for us because it's Nottingham Forest, who are the weakest team in the league, and we're at home. But that game has suddenly taken on really added significance and we have to get three points and we have to prove that this is just a mini slump and it's and it and it's okay. Do you think it's a yeah. mini slump? Um it, great hottest to take, by the way. I, I'm with you on all of that. The uh the place where I would go with it a little bit more is um well it's two things. Number one, I'm gonna take it down the thing that I learned before. <clears throat> before um, kickoff, in the sense that I was actually naive to a new stipulation in the Europa League, certainly something that I never knew was oh. the case. And that was that um, previously, I didn't know that uh, if you finished top of your group, you would completely miss that round of 32. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, like the idea of what Arteta has been doing, you know, in terms of resting, or, or, or sorry, trying to play players and not resting players to get through early, so you almost get a free game, hence what we would have had if if we had a drawn tonight, where we don't need to play anyone in the fixture. So it's kind of like a given game, you know, but it's not officially a buy. I hadn't realised that. Um, and so with that new knowledge, because, you know, I, I could understand if some coaches want to go down that route anyway, as I said. But if you're doing it for the reason to get an extra two games, definitely against stronger opposition, because I'm obviously aware that there is usually a seeding. So you are going to likely to avoid the big teams, but I didn't know you'd just miss that round altogether. And I've got to say, I, I have a lot more um, sympathy 
for Arteta not rotating in these games now because it's actually really important to win the group because you're essentially saving games that you won't have to play and high-intensity high games as well. So, you know, I just thought I'd get that out there. You know, perhaps a little naivety on my side. I, I feel like that's a new stipulation of the competition, but still, some of us might not be aware of it, um, just as I wasn't. And it was not just, you know, finishing top and getting good seeding. It was actually to get a buy through the next round, which is, you know, priceless when you're in a, a congested season like we are. Moving on from that, I think um, if there is a hottest of takes, much like you're saying about a mini stump, I think the thing that jumps out at me, and I know we're going to dig into this in other areas as well, more specifically, but this squad that we have, that we felt really confident about and felt like we were getting towards having two players for every position, it suddenly looks really Fred Bear, doesn't it? And it looks Fred Bear because having a good squad... It's not just about having bums on seats. All the play, all the teams have bums on seats. It's about having quality from the bench. And these are players that are going to come in and the standards simply aren't going to drop much when they're in the team. And if they get a run, they might even show you something. But we've got a couple of players who, without trying to overstate it, um, I expected more for more from, I should say, when given an opportunity, if they are that hungry to break in. And so for me... My overall hottest of takes is not one of complete alarm. Of course not. It's it's our, the first game of the season. I've, I believe that we've actually had a bit of a shit game. The rest of them, we've been in them. The Leeds game was a bit scrappy in Southampton, but we were shit today. Really had very little to shout about. Um, and I think that ultimately that is most damning on the players who are coming in trying to show Arteta that they deserve a bigger run in the team. Um Matt, let's move it on to a subject where um, no, do you know what? We we won't we won't go specific. We won't go specific straight away. We're going to go on the more general terms because I think that perhaps the big, biggest reason you know that underpinned our poor performance was that we were so flat. We looked really low on energy. So we're going to put the banner up. Why are we so flat? I'm just in a literal sense. We looked really off the pace today. What did you make of it from, you know, was it fatigue or were there other issues at play? Either way, Arsenal were looking flat. Can you explain it? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of weird, isn't it? I just think, I don't I don't really know is the truth. I think we're looking for players to come in and add a bit of impetus. You know, the Fabio Vieiras, uh, the Lacongas, uh, the Eddie and Ketias, and, they, and they're not bringing it at the moment. They're just not in the same way that earlier on in the season, you know, you think about Eddie's cameo against Fulham. You think about Fabio Vieira against Brentford. They sort of, they stepped up and they delivered, whereas now they, they're they playing like second stringers and they're not lifting everyone with them. I think there's some fatigue has crept in. I think we underestimate what maybe what an emotional week that week was where we beat uh, Spurs, won in Europe and then beat Liverpool. You know, I think maybe that that week was just a very, very emotional week and took a lot out of the players. You think about the celebrations at the end of both games. They really gave everything they possibly could to win those six points against two teams. So we need to sort of get lifted. I think we're probably the only... I was thinking about this earlier. I think we're probably the only team in the league who is... I mean, we, we are so lucky 
that we've got a World Cup coming up. Can you imagine if we, we had a tough run of games? If we had, a, if we had a, you know, we all know about Arsenal in November. Thankfully, we barely have to play in November. We've got two games. And so, you know, we're literally just looking at it and trying. I think as a fan, we're, we're trying to cling on till the World Cup break, stay top of the league. And maybe the players are doing the same. Maybe inadvertently, they're just looking at it and going, how do we just scramble and manage to get top of the Premier League and top of the Europa? But deep down, they're exhausted. They've got one eye on the World Cup. They're battling away. There's a lot of emotional stress. So, And they're young. So all of those reasons, I guess, I guess feeding in. I mean, what what do you think? Do you think do you think that's that's the where the flatness is coming from? Do you think they can pick it up and turn it on again on Sunday? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And and it's interesting because before the season starts started, I should say, and 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 largely because of the way last season ended, we were left in a situation trying to explain away the you know the way out our legs dropped away towards the end of the season. Obviously, we've got a, another aspect of looking fatigued is injuries start popping up out of nowhere, particularly when you've got guys who love the sick bed like Party and Tierney do, do you know? Um, so I think that one of the things that we said is we were like, we are going to have to keep playing, um, you know, rotation players, even if it doesn't look like the smart thing to do. And again, what what we felt like we had a bit more belief going into this season was that we had a few good additions to flesh out the squad, but also players who'd almost proved their stripes, players who looked like every time they were on the field, they were going to run, you know, run for a wall for you. And I'm thinking Eddie and Ketty are in Pacific. Specifically, he personifies that. But um, at this stage, it seems like Arteta is trying to prevent fatigue by doing, um, you know, kind of playing all games on committee. Every game there, you know, even in Europa, it's like Saka will either play all the game uh, or Martinelli does. And then it's just peppering in um, kind of replacements. But in general, one of the things that you would need when you're putting in these guys who maybe haven't been in the team is that at the very least, they are the most intense players on the pitch. You know, in the same way as... I don't know how you feel, but I've always felt when you've got a guy coming on with 20 minutes to go, I don't give a, I can't guarantee you're going to score a goal or whatever, but there is no excuse that you're essentially not running from the moment you get on the pitch till the end of the game. Who can't run for 20 minutes? There's fucking guys who work nine to fives in offices who do 20 minutes on the treadmill run around. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's true. I don't want to see you breathing after five minutes. Mate, you just come on. You know what I mean? And I think that a blown out version of that is the same when it comes to getting your chance in the team. You have to be the one who is, because you've not played that much. If you've only played two games, then, you know, you should be taking this game in your stride, running for 90 minutes, not looking fatigued. And I thought that the players that came in didn't help us lift the level of intensity at all. If anything, they were the worst in terms of their lethargy. Um, and so I do think that for some of these guys who've played all of the games, you know, specifically the likes of Granite Xhaka or whatever, they're starting to wear their minutes on them. Um, and I understand because they're just playing all the time. But again, to reiterate, if you're Lakonga and you're coming in, show me some legs, mate. And I don't, I'm not I'm not trying to flirt with a guy. I'm talking about like, put some running in, you know what I mean? And I just think that we've not 
really been getting that input of intensity from our squad players. And it is starting to seem a lot more like if the first team players, the kind of starting 11, don't bring that intensity in the first minutes, then, you know, when we can't hope for much more from anywhere else, basically. Did you have anything to come back on that or should we move on? No, I think that's it, right? It's, uh, I mean, Eddie in some of those cameos earlier on in the season really just looked so, he looked like he really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. And then today, and again, this is not a criticism of Eddie. I'm a big fan of Eddie. I think he deserves his contract. I think he's going to he's going to be a really good player for Arsenal. But you know, he, he just three or four times he just let the ball bounce off him, and like not under that much pressure in the first half. In the same way that earlier on in the season, I just it just it looked like a lack of concentration more than anything, a lack of just fight and desire for every ball. Um, and I don't think it's complacency, but it was it's sort of weird, weird to see uh, that we really need him to believe that he should be starting and really doing everything in his power to grab the game, score goals. So, yeah, um, we need to we need to we need to figure it out. Yeah, Eddie is certainly one of the ones that disappointed with his time on the pitch today. But he was not alone. There were a number of people who let themselves down and we are, unfortunately, going to switch our attentions to another guy who we're going to have to talk about because of what he delivered on the pitch. And that is under the banner of keeper concerns. Now, Aaron Ramsdale did start. There was questions as to whether he would. Um, but, you know, I mean, let's let's be clear here. At least one of those go- goals is, I'd say, almost solely at his fault. It lands at solely at his feet. And the other one, I think he had a hand in as well. So, um, Matt, what, what do you make of Aaron Ramsdale at the moment? Is this just a temporary kind of blip? Is he just going to keep being a volatile keeper? Or, again, is this more the new medium, the new mean. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I think I just addressed one one of the comments that we've got in uh, in the chat. Sir Ferosa says, you know, sounds the pair of you sound like we've just been relegated. I think we're doing an on-the-whistle reaction to a defeat. <laughs> and, like, you know, we can't make up positives about the game. Like, that, like if you can think of positives in the last... I think, overall, we're... In, couldn't be more positive about the start of the season. But yeah. we're, we're talking about the last 90 minutes here. And if you've got a load of positives, then I think you were watching a different game than we were. Um, and Aaron Ramsdale, I think, is a fantastic goalkeeper. And I think we only have to go back to his performance two games ago against Leeds to show, I mean, he was man of the match. He got the win for us. And so we owe him a lot. I, but I do think that we've seen him being targeted we're now seeing him targeted every game with a specific type of ball. And opposition coaches are studying him and 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 saying, we believe that when you put a certain ball into the box and put a lot of pressure onto him, there is a chance that he can crumble and miss it. And, you know, I thought one of the comments we talked about was how did he fare against Southampton um, at the weekend? Well, he was brilliant. I thought he handled that type of cross into the box really, really well, if you want to contextualise it. Yeah. But t- but today, I mean, it, it, it was it was terrible, terrible goalkeeping to give away that second goal, and that was game over, you know? So, you know, he's going to have to round that out of his performances. There's nothing positive we can say about that particular piece of action. We're not saying we have to go and upgrade Aaron Ramsdale now, but... 
I mean, you can't, that has to be, as we have to, we have to be happy that that's the mistake out the system now. And he's now going to be faultless until the World Cup break. 100%. And uh, no, yeah, just to echo what you were saying, Matt, and uh, Surfer Rosa in the comments, which we love that. And, you know, and we understand the fact that there's so much positivity with Arsenal, we don't want to kind of be doom and gloom. But of course, we're going to contextualise it. No one on this pod is going to be talking like the season's over or we're having a mare. Like, the reality is, is that was the shittest game of the season. We were shit. We're allowed to say that, you know, because we are championing us every week when we play well, and rightly so. There's a lot to feel happy about. And, you know, we're still going to go through top. Let's be honest, we've got Zurich at home in our next game, which, but we would have got onto that. Just, you just got to let some of this stuff ruminate, guys, you know, and we're allowed to say, hey, guess what? A couple of people had a shocker. Because guess what? They had a shocker. So uh, that's why we're saying it. Um, but Matt, just as we were having an absolute magic little love in me and you, getting very cosy with our dual screen, someone else has come in and broken up the party. And he looks very happy, doesn't he? Pedro? On the pod, I just, I, I, just I, love, I love coming into a podcast and Johnny's just looking very debonair, just having a, <laughs> a long sip of red wine. He's got the yellow sticker stuff out. I don't, I hope it's not yellow sticker. This is not a yellow sticker night, Johnny, unless no. you are that guy these days. Two kids, why not? Well, no, actually, this is a, a, a double bottle of wine I got bought for having a kid. So, to be honest, guys, like, you know, have a kid because someone will give you a bottle of wine and it's not it's not all bad. It's not all tough. Uh, yeah, so good vibes. Parent wine. <laughs> what did you think of Aaron Ramsdale, Pete? I got, I got, he, I don't, like, listen, I don't want to go nuclear, but I've been thinking this thing for a few weeks. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the last goalkeeper, the teams felt confident enough to shoot at from corners was Fabianski. Do you remember Wigan shooting at him? And it kind of crushed his entire career because even if you're a world-class goalkeeper, people shooting from corners and, and hitting balls just under your crossbar, it's so, so difficult. But I've got, I got some concerns with Baron Ramsdale. He's, got, he's, you know, he's great at distribution, but he is not instilling confidence at all this season. He has the odd good game. He's not making saves that you expect him not to make. And at the start of last season, he would keep the ball out from anywhere. It was absolutely incredible. But it, it's, I don't want like, is the job too big for him? And like, Matt, you're talking about, you know, should we, does he need to be upgraded? The way he's playing at the moment, like, is is he, the question we need to be asking is, can he hit Edison and Allison levels? And at the moment, like, it's, it, he's not, and he shouldn't be conceding goals like that at all. But against PSV, putting us under pressure like that, like I've I've got real real concerns about him and like maybe Matt Turner needs to be brought into the mixer. I mean, if Matt Turner was better with his feet, you would absolutely be bringing him in at the moment. But we are not playing well at the moment. We've not been played well the last few games. And Aaron Ramsdale, there's there's big question marks over him at the moment and whether he can hit that a consistent run of form because he's been pretty bad in 2022. Uh, yeah, Ooh, you did you did go nuclear. That's pretty I did, yeah. Look, look, I, I, I just, I think he's falling below the standards. Like he should be coming on against PSV in a in a game that like he shouldn't feel that sort of pressure, and he just wasn't good again. Like he's not mm. great. Like his shot stopping is not to the standard that it was at the start of last season. And I, I've said it loads of times: the goalkeeping coach at Arsenal is not very good. And Mikel Arteta has a massive blind spot for him. And I'm pretty sure Mikel Arteta lets him choose the goalkeepers, and he's been let down. What have we got? We've got Martinez leaving, um, Matt Ryan 
Uh, also left, didn't like the goalkeeping coach. Uh, and now we're in a situation where Aaron Ramsdale has been has gone from best goalkeeper in the Premier League to someone that's you know like bottom half of the like he's playing like a bottom half of the table keeper at the moment. And uh, I don't know, it's all feeling a little bit Richard Wright at the moment. I I, I do get your concerns to be honest, and I I kind of share many of them with Ramsdale. But um, it's not you know anyone who is looking at Ramsdale is not thinking this guy is shit because he's clearly not a shit keeper. He's he he, he has the potential to be one of the very, very best. Because we've seen it. We don't need to imagine what it looks like, 10 out of 10 performances. He gave us a number of them last season in a row. And it was like, is this who you are? We've learned, we've learned since then that it's not quite who he is, but we're still left with the potential that that's what you can get to. But the thing that gets me with him is today even, I actually thought he was playing quite well at first. He made a couple of really key saves. And, you know, at moments where our defence was getting sprung he was there and he was acting as a good kind of backup you're like that's good Aaron after Southampton as well putting a decent performance in here um you know and it's starting to be like oh I think he's starting to get back there but the way in which I mean I thought when you look back at the goal at first it was a really nice move the first goal and you look and you go well they've cut through quite well but when you actually look at it it's a saveable goal it's right next to him like and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it's hit with power. And I'm not saying that every keeper saves it. Clearly not. A lot of them won't. But I think kind of to dig in what you're saying, Pete, would Al- would Ed- Ed- um, would uh, Alison and Edison save that? And the fact is, I think they both save it because that's what top keepers do. If it's Johnny, that close... Same, same at the, Johnny, same at the weekend. Um, he, he was slow. He dithered on his line. And yeah. then he was in no man's land and they scored the goal. And I just think, I, I know for a fact, no, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty <laughs> certain that, you know, Alisson is one of the best goalkeepers at one-on-ones and he would have been off the line and he would have taken care of that. But Aaron Ramsdale's like second guessing himself and the shot stopping is not good enough. Like it's just not good enough. And I, I like, I, I love Aaron Ramsdale and I, I, I still, you know, I've got, a, I'm a Ramsdale and it's tattooed in that arm, but I might be covering it up. I might become a, a, a Turner Something, but um, <laughs> you're trying to come up with a Turner gal, yeah, are you? The Turner clique, <laughs> Turner, turning it. Yeah, well, I mean, look again. I, I think everyone loves Ramsdale. No one here's got an axe to grind, but ultimately, we are at a stage where because everyone's feeling the confidence of Arsenal being resurgent and daring to dream of bigger prizes than just top four, even. Um, you know, and top four would be great. We want to get top four, obviously. But as you then start looking lovingly at some of the keepers that have been there and done it for the big, when the big prizes get handed out, you just look at Ramsdale when we know at his top, he can get to that level. But the key to a great keeper is not being able to have a really high ceiling. It's about being able to maintain it. Consistency is key with the keepers. And unfortunately, more than anything, and someone's saying he's 24, of course, no one's writing Ramsdale off. That's not what this is. But, if you're going to be a top, top keeper, you, these are the things that you need to, you know, to iron out of your game because he, at the moment, is tending to bounce from one bad game to a kind of good game and a bad game to a good... And they're not like shocking games, I wouldn't say, but worrying trends are definitely there for all to see, I would The, I, I would, the, the I art say. of being a great goalkeeper for a club that challenges for the title. I think Matt said this on a podcast way back, like, and maybe it came from David Seaman. The art of being a great keeper for Arsenal when they're at their best is doing nothing for 91 minutes and then pulling one out of the top corner when you're yeah. when you're a bit cold 
uh, like your concentration might not be there. And at the moment, I'm not relying on Aaron Ramsdale to keep that one shot out. Um, because, you know, we can see in his save percentage ratios this season. He's just he's, he's just not there. But you're like, there's criticizing Aaron Ramsdale. Like, this is called the Arsenal opinion. If you don't get opinion or you bury your head in the sand when you're top of the table, you have no right to criticize when you're dropping. So just... Just remember that for some of those people getting a little bit spicy in the comments. <laughs> and and look, you know, um, we have to be clear again. Uh, he he is has been a decent keeper, and we all remember the dark days of having players like um, Almunia in goal. I mean, some of these. Do you remember Mark Poom for a while? <laughs> um, we Poom. had we had some keepers that would give John anyone... Lukic coming back. Oh goodness! You know we've we've done it all. So um, you know we know that Ramsdale is a massive step up on that, and we're just simply saying that consistency is key, and he needs to work towards getting as consistent as he can asap. Um, Johnny, do I get a little hottest take? Go on then, mate. Go on, because I have gone just a little one. I thought the starting eleven that uh, Mikel Arteta put out today was incredibly arrogant. Um, I think he needs to. <laughs> I think he needs to like take a step back. Uh, don't don't believe your own hype and, and start looking at what's going on in the pitch. Granite Jacker is playing in an advanced number eight position. He's running more than he's ever run because he normally sits at the base of midfield. He's 30 years old and he's I think that's his sixth game in a row. Ridiculous. Arteta should not have had Bakayo Saka and Thomas Partey at that game. Tommy Asu, we know, gets uh, calf problems and then he's he's disappears for four months at a time he shouldn't be played in every single game the squad management is shocking at the moment and it has bitten us two weekends in a row now we've got to go to forest without we invite forest at home and i'm worried that we're going to see a heavy leg performance again because Mikel arteta has got in his head that fatigue is a mentality issue and that you cannot be having fatigue as a mentality issue at this this phase of the season. He is he is storing up problems. It looked like Granite Jacker was limping for a little bit during the game. This is his fault at the moment. And if you are going to go big with that many first teamers and you start in eleven, you've got to win the game. Now we might as well have played the kids today because we lost anyway. We probably would have put on a better performance and been fresh for the weekend. Now we're going to have doubt in the system. We're going to be a bit fatigued, and all of a sudden, Nottingham Forest doesn't look like the easy game that it should. So um, my, I'm going my... I'm to I'm I'm disagree a little bit on that with this one, because I think you've got to look at the batch of games. Nottingham Forest is the easiest Premier League game of the season. It is the easiest. Out of the weekend, look what happened to him. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but we're at home. That's different. We're at home and they're bottom of the league. And you look at that, you look at PSV and you look at Zurich and you're like, we've got to get, we're basically... We basically can end it all if we get a point in PSV, and if we do, then we can rotate a little bit, like against against uh, Forest, um, and then Zurich can just be like can, can be nothing. Because well, now I think he's going to rotate against Forest, Matt. He didn't he, like he, he he put he put tired players in against PSV today. Well, I was thinking that I personally would have started Gabriel Jesus today, and then I would have not started him against Nottingham Forest because. If he gets a yellow card, like he did today, yeah. he, misses, he misses the Chelsea game. So I thought this was a prime opportunity to play Gabriel Jesus and then Eddie at home. Yeah. Lots of support. Better, you know, better Worst team in the league. Because, because, because the thing about it is if we put out the kids tonight, they'd have got beat 5-0. Because our first team got beat 2-0. 
the kids would have got beat 5-0. No one wants to see that. That's not, you can't do that to them. It stunts growth rather than promotes development. So we didn't really have a huge amount of choice. PSV are battling to stay in the European competition. It's important to them. We had to do what we had to do. We had enough out there to get the performance, get through it, get a point at least, beat Forest, rest everyone for Zurich, everyone, and have a full week to get to Chelsea. We, we, that, 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 that is a perfectly manageable situation. I, I, tend to to, I tend to agree with what Matt's saying, Pete. I don't think... But, this it's, is, but it's like, guys, it, like, this, this, like, you've seen two weeks in a row, heavy leg performances, Thomas Partey and Gabriel Jesus should be nowhere near a PSV pitch, and we fucked it up tonight. And now we've opened up the floodgates. Injuries are a result of fatigue, and Arteta is rolling the dice on fatigue players that are injury-prone. So when it happens, you know who's going to get the blame? You two. Yeah, but you two, it will be your fault, and I'll, hey, I'll, I'll be on here calling you out, and I, you'll get the blame. <laughs> no, Pete, Please, like, we, we kind of we kind of talk, talked about this at the start, and the fact is, is one of the reasons why I'm a little bit more, you know, okay with the decisions to push for it. In in no small small part is because we're trying to finish top, so we end up playing less games. So it might seem kind of counterintuitive playing our players now, but we're saving them fixtures, high intensity fixtures further down the line. And, of course, we're going to be able to, you know, get the job done against Zurich and Matt saying, you know, potentially in a different uh, a different way of doing it would be some not throwing the game today, but certainly, you know, placing less importance of it and just getting our job done against Zurich. Either way, saving the legs. But I, I think that, um, you know, I don't think it's a disastrous decision. The fact is, is we... We made that look bad today with how poor we played. And it's not that we weren't all razor sharp. It was that, to, to a certain extent, people weren't putting in the usual effort levels. And yet, yeah, there are a number of reasons for that fatigue. But one of the players who didn't you know, didn't show up, let's be honest, we've touched on him a few times. Um, but Eddie Kruger, has he gone soft? Because I tell you what, a man who rightfully owned and earned his uh, new moniker of being Eddie Kruger, the person who lives in defenders' nightmares last season because he was a tyrant when he came on the pitch. He just doesn't seem to be having the same impact. Pete, what did you make of Eddie tonight? Is oh, he... well, of course you're going to go. Of course you're going go to go to me. You'd like, get the dagger. I thought, uh, <laughs> I, I, thought Eddie, I thought Eddie was poor again. I think Eddie's not looked at the races um, over the last few games. Like we said, you 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 guys both. I think Matt said it on our TikTok. Are you following TikTok, the Arsenal opinion? <laughs> we're on the shorts now, YouTube oh, yeah. shorts, Instagram. Get on there, guys. We do TikTok now because we're young. Um, I think that Matt said it uh, in the last podcast. You got to take your chances. Fabio Vieira wasn't very good. Eddie Nketiah wasn't very good. Like, what's happening? Like, get get stuck in, my friend. Gabriel Jesus is eating your lunch out there for effort uh, and effectiveness. And Eddie does not look like the player that he did last season. I don't think we can write him off. I think that if you put him in a in a better team, everybody was awful today. But like I'm I'm just expecting a little bit more from him. Like run the lines a little bit harder, be more involved. He's he he looks like um he he has for like large patches of his Arsenal career a little bit anonymous um and just not as involved. Um so like you know he he'll, he'll still get more time with me because I put a little bit too much effort into helping him get a new contract on here but yeah really really disappointing from from him and a lot of players that uh were knocking on the doors you know it wasn't just him Lakonga wasn't very good either um so yeah disappointing from Eddie I'm afraid yeah one of the one of the best comments was earlier on I'd love to claim it for myself but it was 
He's no longer any. He's no longer Kruger. He's now Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I don't like that. I don't like oh, that. Oh, that's a bit spiteful, <laughs> isn't it? Using what is it? Nineties film references against him, and that we won't have that at all. This disgusting. To have some respect, yeah. But um, Matt, did you, I know we've kind of touched on Eddie already, and uh, that was a great comment. But is there any any reasons that you could see to why Eddie maybe has lost that extra yard that he? was starting to show towards the end of last season. And is he really where you thought he would be at this stage of the season? I mean, I think the only thing you can possibly say is it's very hard to come in when you're not getting minutes regularly. I mean, you could also argue he's, played 90, he's got two starts in the last week, so there's not a huge amount to complain about. Mm. But he looked electric when he was coming on earlier in the season. And so... And 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 really, he didn't deserve to be out of the starting lineup with some of the performances, some of the ways he was playing. Maybe he needed a start earlier on in the season, but it's difficult to argue when he won all the games. And, you know, it was more about his finishing. I think we've always said that the best thing that Eddie's got is his finishing. But today, I thought the chance where it got the deflection and then came right across to him, he's got to finish that. I know it's not an easy chance, but he's still got to finish it. And then there was another one Again, I thought he should have got. It should have been. He should have got cleaner contact. People talk a lot about ball striking. I, I don't. His ball striking isn't great at the moment. Uh, he doesn't seem to ever. Well, it seems to be a bit scuffed a lot of the time. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I'm sure he will come good. It's a long season, but you know, we're about to go on a World Cup break. He's not going. So it'd be great if he could contribute something before the first half of the season. Because uh, as of now, you know, we're paying a guy. And again, don't want to go overboard. But, you know, he's a 110,000 a week striker and he hasn't scored a Premier League goal. And we're three weeks away from mid-season break. Again, not your normal mid-season break. I feel like I have to caveat all this stuff. But, you know, I'd love to see. If he could get two goals between now in the Premier League, between now, or in the, in, in the Premier League or Europe, between now and, and the World Cup, that's what we need. You need people to pop up and get crucial goals. So let's Matt, see if you can do that. After today, would you even start him against Nottingham Forest? Like, would, would you would you persist, or do you think today's performance was like why, I think why would have, I put you in the start of the eleven? Well, I think you have to because I think Gabriel Jesus is on a yellow card, and the way he plays, you think he can stop himself going in for a ball that bounces off a goalkeeper like he did today and get got an two minutes, yeah, and, and get a booking. He can't. You can't you can't turn that level of competitor off. He is a competitor, and he'll get a yellow against Nottingham Forest. The only way they can stop us is is by foul means. And just on this, guys, I just wanted to ask you two a question. Do you not think it was weird that Mikel Arteta didn't say, "Jesus, go and get a yellow card in this game and sit out the Nottingham Forest game"? Is that is is like that feels like something that someone as strategic and like forward thinking as Arteta would push for? No, like, that feels I like don't. A Thing, right, that's that's what I thought, but then I also got spending too much time thinking about. I'm doing Mikel Arteta's job, but I was just like, get him on the bench against Forest without a yellow card, and hopefully you don't need to bring him on. But if you're a goal down and you've got 30 minutes to go, you can bring him on, and that might be worth the moment when you when it's worth risking a yellow. Yeah. But there's no need to do it otherwise. You'd rather have him available, even if you just need him for 20 minutes in that game. I he, might to... not, he might not Sorry. need to get suspended. I tend to agree. And with what Matt's saying, in terms of 
when you start getting too silly and too lively with stuff, listen, City might be able to do it, you know, later in the season when they're 10 points clear. We are not in a position where we can have players getting deliberately booked and then Eddie pulls a hamstring in the week and suddenly we've got no strikers. Like, you can't do stuff like that. We're, our, our squad just is not ready to cater for it. Not only that, but you look at the situation and, um, first of all, I don't think Eddie starts against Forrest. I think what you were even talking about, Matt, what what happens when you're when you're going for just top four, then you look at a game like this and you think, you know what, I can play Eddie in that game because we're not we're not gonna win every game anyway, and he won't let the standards drop too far. When you're top of the league and trying to stay top, you have to win every game. And so the pressure on that forest game isn't just, oh, we'll have the week off here. It's like you have to win this game. Because you might drop points against Chelsea, but you cannot drop points. You you have to beat Forest and beat them well. So if anything, the, the pressure's higher on that game, you know, when you've got something to lose rather than when you're just trying to amass a large amount of points. I think we I think Jesus starts against Forest. I'm not sure whether or not he gets a yellow, but the other kind of aspect that you guys aren't necessarily talking about, and granted, not everyone thinks this way with related to football, but I certainly do. And that is that we're talking about a big Chelsea game, you know, a game where we're like, we're going to need to do something. Well, we've got Eddie struggling in confidence. But if there's one game so far in his Arsenal career that has given me any kind of confidence that he's going to be the player we need him to be, it was against Chelsea. That's when the nightmare started with Thiago Silva. If you remember, that wasn't long after he was getting called Eddie Kruger. So if it is Eddie against Chelsea, do you think Thiago's going to be laying awake at night? I reckon so. Because he don't want any of Eddie. He saw it last year. So let's not throw the baby out of the bathwater in this situation. We play our best team against Nottingham Forest. We get the job done. If we need to hook Jesus after 45, that's pucker. That's fine. But I tell you what, against Chelsea, if Eddie does get warmed up, there'll be people with knobbly knees and wobbly legs, I tell you, because Thiago don't want any of him. So let's not worry too much. And maybe that would kickstart his form again. But I mean, Pete has been talking. He's come. He's come on here today and talked about Arteta being arrogant, not rotating players. Biggest issue with Mikel Arteta not rotating players. I mean, you've got to be saying that Eddie needs to start on Saturday, right, Pete? Because you're because if you if you go against that, that's the whole narrative. You have to rotate these players. You have to give them minutes. If you can't give your backup striker minutes at home against the bottom of the league team. What are you doing giving him a big contract? So I, I'm, I'm presuming that you want him to start ahead of Gabriel Jesus this Saturday, Sunday. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, like, <laughs> Johnny, I know, I know that, I know that the Chelsea game, uh, it's nice to think that Eddie Kruger just shows up for the Chelsea game. I don't think it's realistic. I think that, I, I think the, I, I don't want Gabriel, I want to have our best team against Chelsea. And I just don't. I, I agree with you, Matt. Earlier, you can't trust Gabriel Jesus to not get a yellow card. Let's be honest. And if he gets suspended um, for for that game, I, it, it it reduces our chances of doing some damage to a team that's not really performing that well at the moment. I mean, it's going to take a while for them to learn potable and Aubameyang up front. I mean, I just fancy our chances. Um, so yeah, Eddie Nketiah should start against Forest at the weekend. And if we're struggling with 30 minutes to go, then maybe bring on Jesus. But I'd like to see Jesus explosive. 
um, for the Chelsea game. And I, I don't think he's been in great form of late. And I wouldn't play him at the weekend. But I just don't think Arteta gives a shit. I think he's just going to roll with his strongest team like he always does. And, you know, if, if there are issues off the back of that, that's just part of football. Um, wouldn't be my philosophy, but, you know, I make tweets for a living. Arteta's getting <laughs> 10 million a year to manage Arsenal. So I guess I'll have to... And that's the tragedy. That's the tragedy, Pete. You know, because you've got, you've got so many ideas. If they just fucking listen, do you know, know what I mean? So I make right. great tweets, though. Great you do, tweets. you do. Um, and Arteta probably couldn't do that, even if he tried, mate. You know, probably. so it's not all doom and gloom. And hey, whoever was asking for context, let's give it to him. We've got Zurich next, and when we start to try and calibrate our Europa League chances. Um, obviously, we're wanting top four for all of the reasons previously discussed. What do you guys make of the current landscape? Our, you know, chances of navigating what is quite clearly a poor Zurich team at home. Do you think we get it done? And do you think we even get to rest players and get it done? We'll go to you first, Matt. I mean, I think it, I expect to see a, a pretty similar team to uh, to today against Zurich. I think it sort of has to be. Um, we're gonna ha- we've got to try and rest players ahead of the Chelsea game. Hopefully, we've beaten Forest. Zurich at home should be should be straightforward, but there's going to be some nerves there because we've still got to get the job done. Um, so I expect to see the good news is it's at home. So um, you know the players are going to sleep in their own bed. They've got no travel, all of that stuff. Um, I don't know who Chelsea have got. I, I think it's a dead rubber, right? I think they're already through and and all of that. So. Yeah, I think we'll get it done, and I think we'll finish top, and I think it will all be okay. Um, it's just it would have been great to just get a point today. I think we had enough. We had enough in that team to get a point. It's all we needed, and then we could all be just you know completely relaxing next week. But it is what it is, right? Pete Zurich to come. What do you make of that uh, prospect of us being able to get the job done and finish top, and you know get ultimately whether we've put an extra game on some of our key players' legs or not, whether we get over the line in terms of achieving what we need to in Europa. Yeah, I think with the, I, I don't I don't see there being a problem um, against Zurich. I think I would be more concerned about Abodo, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest. My my you know bigger concern is the um, you know problems accumulative in football, and it's like what are the consequences of the way that we've managed. Um, the last two weeks, but hopefully the players get a load of rest tonight. The, the Arsenal players should be in their bed this evening. You know, it's only a forty-minute uh, private jet from uh, Holland to London. So um, hopefully we have a good result against Nottingham Forest. The players show up on Thursday, and then we can um, we can do some real damage against Chelsea because that's the big one that I'm thinking about. Um, but also, let's just remember. Nottingham Forest had a lot of key chances against Liverpool. They were worth they were worth those points at the weekend. Like we cannot under, we cannot go into the Forest game thinking it's easy because um, they just turned over Liverpool. I mean, the only thing I'd respond to on that is that they there is a key difference, particularly with newly promoted teams in the Premier League. If you get them at home, they're a bit more plucky. They play with courage. They've got their fans backing them, and they can try and make it into a cauldron. And you know. Despite their lack of quality, they get up for it. When you're coming away to big games, big grounds, better teams, you put the pressure on them early and you say different levels, lads, different levels. I, 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 love, I love that Like you two have started the opening 20 minutes of the podcast and it's like the house of Candela 
and Cochrane have <laughs> betrothed their children and <laughs> you've decided to unite in positivity against the negative Pedro. What, what happened? The tables have turned. Now I'm the miserable one. Lighthouse of Dragon, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, to be honest, I just think that we should be able to get the job done at home. We are going to be a problem for anyone. Nottingham True. Forest, on paper, lads, it don't get harder than what you're going to get on the weekend. Uh, and we're still we're still loving uh, the on-paper talk at the moment. But the, the thing is, for me, I think that when you look at it, if our, out of our next four games, it's four of the poorest teams you're likely to... Uh, three of sorry, three of the poorest teams um, you're likely to play in a season. Bundled in there, you've got a, a tough fixture with Chelsea. But those three other games, you've got to put all of them to the sword. And if you do, we're handling our business. It kind of gives us a bit... I feel like we're going to get a job, the job done against Chelsea anyway. We, we match up well. But even if we lost to a Chelsea in that, if we won, this is why the pressure's on those other games. If we win the three other games... We're more than likely either top or very close to top of the Premier League, and we're through in the Europa League and and got a buy in the next round. So, all right, Jenna, you know, I'm getting we, excited now. Yeah, oh, you've got you've you've turned me. You know, oh. another thing that we've got to think about as well: if we get out of this end of the season, top of the league, which would be immense. If we top our group, um, Smith Rowe will come back and hopefully he's fixed. And he, you know, if you had Smith Rowe and Mo Elneny in the team tonight, I don't think we lose in the same way. And that's that's quite a you know that's quite a lot of quality to to lack. And to have them in the back half of next season will be like two new signings, especially if, it, if Smith Rowe comes back fit and raring to go. My God, like yeah. this podcast will rejoice. Oh, big time! And I do think that what, uh, uh, another positive, which will bundle into this little part, partly because we've got a more serious comment to talk about after this anyway. But um, one of the things that I thought about, um, as much as it was deflating for me watching some of our backup players come in and just not take their opportunity, I also saw in small bursts some of our first-team players come on and look a different gravy to other players on the pitch. And it's just like, you know what? Saka, I've kept saying, is so important to what we do. He... He literally moves opposition defences over to his side. They're like moths to the flame because he's so dangerous. And it completely changes the way that we play. And so much of our high press, you know, comes from having Gabby and Saka up top. And I think that when you're playing against the likes of Nottingham Forest, it'll just be too much for them. Bless them. I don't think they're going to... They should be getting some harsh treatment when they come to North London. And that, that is when I'll start feeling very chipper about things before we... Uh, do the final damage with Zurich and, you know, head into that Chelsea game, hopefully with our tails up. Now, guys, unfortunately, we are hearing some news breaking. You guys, I think, have had a little bit more of a head start on this story than me, but we're hearing some very sad and troubling news, actually, that Pablo Mari has been stabbed, I believe, in a shopping centre in, um, well, uh, I be- is it Romano, Fabrizio Romano, reporting it on Twitter, so it seems very legit. The papers have picked it up. Matt, you you know more about me. What have you heard about this sad situation? I mean, it feels like it's just breaking. Uh, but six people seriously injured, one dead already. Some crazy lunatic in Milan. Uh, terrible to to hear and 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 to see that. And you know, it really just reiterates that it can happen to anyone. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, so we'll wait and see, but obviously we're 
thinking about it and hoping that everyone can can recover. You know, it's it's, it's terrible to to hear. Yeah, Pete, uh, you know, obviously echoing Matt's comment, uh, sentiments there, it's really shocking, quite scary, and absolutely can happen to anyone. Uh, any thoughts on, yeah, the developing story? Really sad. It would be yeah. sad, obviously, as we would say, if it, for anyone, but obviously really brings it home being that it's an Arsenal player that's um, the victim in this situation. Yeah, I'd like, just, I'm, I'm in shock. I think sometimes you imagine that footballers are a, like you know these kind of gods and they're above getting into you know these sorts of issues and it's just super sad i mean he's he's one of the nice guys i really hope that um whatever the injury is that he can recover quickly and that it doesn't affect his professional career but yeah like thoughts with everybody just mad that you go out shopping one day and then some lunatic rolls into a uh, a mall with a knife and then that's it it's just like there's some real wicked people out there. So, yeah, I'm sending love to, to him and his family. And, like, hopefully he's, there's a quick recovery and it's not too serious for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can all echo those sentiments. Certainly sending love from the AOP. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, it's just it's just sad. It's sad anyway. And hopefully, you know, as a positive outcome. But, lads, we are at the end. We are at the end of this On The Whistle PSV podcast. Um, big thanks to everyone who was tuned in and helping us out in the comments as well. We always love reading them. But Pete, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but what's going on with the AOP at the moment? We got we got our new glad rags on, and we're doing new shit. Listen, the AOP is moving forward. Uh, you can find us if you search the Arsenal Opinion on TikTok. We'll be clipping the best bits of the podcast in a stacked format. It's like nothing you've ever seen. So give us a follow. Um, search. The AOP or the Arsenal Opinion or Le Grove on TikTok and you'll find it there. We're also on Instagram. You can search the Arsenal Opinion or Le Grove and you can find the same content there. And also if you like YouTube shorts, which I'm, I'm big into YouTube shorts, that algorithm. Oh, it's like content crack. Um, you can find <laughs> our shorts uh, there as well. So, um, yeah, we're moving to the next level. Uh, we're you know competing with Joe Rogan for listeners. Like if he's yeah. doing it, we've got to do it. It's, just the way it is. And he knows. He feels threatened. No, Joe knows about us. Of course he does. Um, I will also say, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Matt, how you feel about this. So, and this may even get into the AOP, AOB at this point. We have seen that a new TikTok account has been set up for the Arsenal Opinion podcast. And I went on there and I looked at the people that the account was following who are the first people that they should be following, Matt? Who do you think that they should be following the, the account, the Arsenal opinion? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, you, you're saying that you haven't got a TikTok, right? I'm, 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 I have, but I'm worried that you're gonna. This is gonna go to the, the people that Pete showed that he was following. <laughs> Matt's well, TikTok account <laughs> is user five one zero one three six nine zero four five four three one. That is, that is a that is a man in his that's a man in later life that does not know what he has just signed up for. I think that's a man who's on the dark web, quite frankly. <laughs> Jesus, oh, you survived six like, months. I back. like. I pre- I I, pre- I prefer just to watch. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, I mean that's a wonderful way to end it. To be fair, I was going to say that the IOP was not following us yet. I'm sure that will change anyway, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll leave you guys with that full of user 561 and what tonight might bring on the internet tonight. 
Um, thank you to everyone that tuned in. And we'll be back after the Nottingham Forest game with another On The Whistle. Ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.